InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Scientists tell us that bees play a vital part in the world's food supply chain. But are there threats to the nation's bee population? With more, here's InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Most of us enjoy delicious apples or blueberries or cherries or perhaps corn or soybeans. None of these or other foods would even be possible without someone who frequently visits our picnics and who we usually shoo away. Experts repeatedly say one of every three bites of food we eat is made possible by bees. With many bee species under threat, there are new efforts now to save the creatures. Joining us is Kelsey Graham, postdoctoral research associate at Michigan State University. First of all, Kelsey, tell us more about the ways that bees not only support our fruits and veggies, but also the meat we eat. Bees actually pollinate alfalfa, and that's something that we feed to our livestock. So without that, we wouldn't have as much food and diversity in our diet. And so specifically, what function do bees perform to make sure we have healthy natural areas? Pretty much every flower in your garden or wildflower planting is probably visited by a pollinator, either a bee or a butterfly or a moth. But bees are the most efficient at pollinating flowers. So they actually will collect pollen for food and then move this pollen between flowers. And that's what allows for propagation of new flowers. So that's how they reproduce. And without this movement of pollen, we wouldn't have as many plants or vegetables or fruits available to us. So we've already heard a lot about honeybees, which are not native to this country, being under threat. But how are native bees doing? We have around 4,000 to 5,000 native bees in North America, and they all have really different life history traits. Some are social, some are solitary, we have really big ones, really little ones. With all this diversity comes the challenge of trying to figure out how each of them are doing, and that's really a big question mark still at this point. We know a bit about bumblebees. They're probably most studied of our uh, native bees in North America, so we know a bit about them, but then the rest of the species we really know very little about. You've launched a study to compare what the number of bees is now with their past populations, and also you're checking to see what areas don't have many bees. What does the check by area tell us? This is kind of preliminary, but we seem to be finding that a lot of these really intensive agriculture areas, areas that you know have a lot of row crops like corn and soybean, but also those that are managed like orchards, farms, have less native bees than perhaps wild areas that are less disturbed than our agricultural areas. And doesn't this also inform how we would go about conserving bees? Definitely. So improving the habitat that is lacking bees, and particularly habitats that really need bees. Places like blueberry farms, cherry orchards that need bees to create fruit. These are really important areas for improving the habitat, specifically for bees. So putting in wildflower plantings and doing other management so we can improve the bees in those areas because we need them so critically for that agriculture. So your project is going to provide a baseline then for future comparisons on how things are going. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. Because we know so little about our native bees, we kind of need to set just a baseline. So figuring out where we have native bees, what's the general abundance and diversity in different habitats, 
And then moving forward, we can look at trends. So doing a really robust baseline survey of bees right now is really important so that moving forward, we can see if conservation is actually helping the bees and different management strategies, if that's changing the diversity and abundance of bees moving forward. We're visiting with Kelsey Graham, postdoctoral research associate at Michigan State University, about efforts to understand bees, which are critical for producing our food. Kelsey, let's get into the factors that may be playing a role in reducing the number of bees. Now, you mentioned one about over-farming, but what are some of the others? Kind of along with agriculture, we also have exposure to pesticides, and that's kind of a really hot topic right now for bees. Many different pesticides are being tested right now to kind of figure out which ones are really having a detrimental impact on bees, which ones are kind of more bee-friendly and bee-safe, and that will inform the management strategies we can use going forward. And then kind of similarly, we have destruction of habitat, not just in agricultural settings, but urban landscapes. If you pave a field over for a parking lot, that's taking away both flowers, which is what bees need to eat, and also nesting habitat. The majority of our native bees actually nest in the ground. So providing kind of this safe ground nesting habitat is also really vital. So any of these disturbed areas are going to have an impact on the native bee community. And also when we think about bumblebees in particular, pests and pathogens are playing a big role. So that's kind of one of the main focuses for the bumblebee research right now, particularly on the Bombus affinis, which is the rusty patch bumblebee. And this was recently put on the endangered species list. And we definitely think pathogens might be playing a role there, too, in their decline. Now, without getting into the debate on pesticides, for the homeowner at least, Can we summarize by saying it's really important to use pesticides according to package directions? Absolutely. Please read the label. Make sure you're not using pesticides on bee-friendly plants. So if it's blooming, if it's being visited by bees, please don't use pesticides. Bees are active during the day, so most of them use site for foraging, so they're out when the sun is out. So definitely, if you can avoid using any pesticides during the day, that'll definitely help decrease the chance that a bee's going to come in contact with pesticides. And also, if you want to go even further, you can pretty much remove pesticide use from your backyard. You can choose certain plants that are going to have less pest pressures and you know look prettier in your yard. So planting native plants to your area can really help with that. And also, picking plants when you go to the nursery that haven't already been seed treated. Kelsey, do you believe that climate change may be playing a role in reducing the number of bees? Yeah, that's definitely a very interesting new topic that's growing in the research world. We definitely think that bees are probably shifting their ranges. So, you know, a more northern species might be decreasing in abundance at its southern area of its range. And likewise might be, you know, moving up in elevation to avoid hot weather. So definitely climate change, we think, is going to have an impact on where bees are. And that's going to need to inform evaluations about how bee populations are changing in different areas. If a person listening to this wants to help conserve bees, what can they do? My number one advice is to plant flowers. Bees need flowers. They're vegetarians. They only eat pollen and nectar. So if you can put more flowers in the environment, that's really going to help the bees. And if you live in an urban environment, you can put out pots of flowers. You don't need to have a big back 40 to plant a huge pollinator garden. Little things can really, really help. And what about joining, say, a conservation organization or the park district might have something 
Absolutely. I always encourage people, you know, if you're really interested, you want to do more, we have set up our own place where you can go and find out more about pollinators. That's pollinators.msu.edu. So you can get all this education material and learn more about what you can do kind of in your own area. So please get online, look at what resources there are and figure out what you can do in your own area. Kelsey Graham, Postdoctoral Research Associate at Michigan State University. Thank you for joining us and good luck with your study. Thanks for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.